Moon Faint Praise. I'm Tony. I'm Eric. And this is a podcast where we watch two similar bad movies and then two, two similar bad movies and then talk about which one is better. And can you tell I elongate two so that I can try to remember the rest of what I'm supposed to say? Um, so this time, the two movies that we watched are were originally in the theme that I made up when I was like 12 to 15 years old called the Charlize Theron gets naked and cry. Like, she actually doesn't get naked and cry in she Astronaut's She doesn't, wife. which kind of rocked my world because I was convinced up until the moment that the astronaut's wife ended that she definitely got naked in that movie because I remember there was a stretch, three specific movies that I watched with her. Right. And I was just like, this, what was the this one, lady, like all she, games yeah, it was Reindeer Games. I'm like, all this lady does is get naked and cry. And of course, at that time... <laughs> I was young, and I was like, "Oh, what? That's this is against God's will, and it's unholy, and I don't like this lady because she gets naked." <laughs> the um, you know what's interesting is that I was reading when I was looking up some factoid about it. They were saying that she was re- almost reluctant to do the scene in Devil's Advocate because she had turned down like Showgirls of all movies because of yeah. the nudity. Yeah, I mean, I can understand. Ended up being a good decision, probably. Yeah, yeah, that would have taken her career in a different direction. Um, I mean, ultimately, I can see why she went with the devil's advocate, because showgirls, she would have been naked the whole time. Yeah, it was a much different, yeah, it's totally different in that sense, and also it's just a goofier type of movie. Yeah, and devil's advocate, it was like, okay, she did have, she had two... scene about someone having a mental breakdown, Yeah, she had two nude scenes. Uh, Oh, yeah, one was a sex scene. Right, exactly. But nothing compared to what showgirls would have been. And then it turns out, yeah, astronaut's wife, spoiler alert, doesn't even fit in my fake fucking theme but it created we realized there was a whole other theme that was even weirder yeah because both movies are about her moving from a place where we used to live because of her husband's job like getting some kind of promotion specifically to new york city right both to new york city from the first one was cape canaveral kind of cocoa beach area yeah the space center is where we grew up and then and moving to New York. And the second one was Gainesville, where we went to both went to college and ended up living for like 15 years. Yeah. She moved from there, which is hilarious, because I don't think there's any other movie about Gainesville. No, I and get And she moves from there to New York City. Yeah, so very bizarre, uh, yeah, bizarre theme. And for whatever reason, I didn't remember that The Astronaut's Wife actually started in Florida. That makes sense. Well, actually, yeah. I'd never seen The Astronaut's Wife. So. Oh, you hadn't? This was your first time? Yeah. I don't even know why I saw The Astronaut's Wife. That was a nothing movie even when it came out. But I think I just always remembered... It was a couple years after Devil's Advocate. I, mean, I always I remembered... I think I saw it. I honestly don't know at this point, It though. was a total bomb. Nobody right. saw it. Right, and it would have been years ago. 20 years ago, maybe? Yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, so if I did see it, it didn't impress upon me. Right. So, I mean, we've already been talking about both movies, but obviously the two specific movies were Astronaut's Wife from 1999 and The Devil's Advocate from 1997. And there really are a lot of similarities between these movies. First of all, the titles are very similar. Like, just... The, right. The two words. Yeah, yeah. The something's something. The adjectives noun. Her role in it is similar, as we've Very already. Similar. Yeah, and then she in both movies she plays a wife who basically it's gaslit, like starts to have a nervous breakdown, and everyone's acting like she's the crazy. But there one. really is a problem. But yes, but everything that she's seeing and thinking is actually real. And they both have kind of like a weird Rosemary's Baby type thing. Right, like a pregnancy element to The them. husband's end goal is to create a baby of right. some kind for some nefarious Except purpose. Except it wasn't the husband's in Devil's Advocate. No, but it was his... It was it, it was somebody else's goal for him right. that he needed to create a baby, and it wasn't right. with her. In 
the astronaut's wife. It was with the wife. Right. And Devil's Advocate, it was with, spoiler alert, his sister. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so these movies were actually more similar than I remembered. I just thought they were both movies that upset little baby Tony because a lady got naked in them. But that right. turned out to not even be true, and they were more similar than I thought. So uh, starting off, we watched The Astronaut's Wife. And we normally try to watch the worst movie first. And so on this one, I think I just went by Rotten Tomato scores. Did I ever tell you the Rotten Tomato score on this nope. one? Nope. You want to guess it? On Astronaut's Wife? Yeah. 42%. 16. <laughs> okay. I, I knew it was either going to be pretty high or pretty low. I knew that it wouldn't be. I, I picked in the middle, yeah. but I honestly didn't think it would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I just mean, didn't want to be that far away from what the real answer yeah, was. Yeah, I'm surprised you even picked that high. But well, because I, I figured it would be they really liked it. And it would be fairly high, or they recognize it as kind of shitty, and it'd be pretty low. Right, right. So the astronaut's wife. Uh, it, there's not much to it. Uh, it. No, I think that's his biggest weakness. Honestly, yeah. it just really isn't much going on. There's not much to the it. There's not much in it. Yeah. There's yeah. It's it's just it's just a real nothing movie. So uh, Johnny Depp plays the husband of Charlize Theron. He is an astronaut. At the very beginning of the movie, there is an occurrence with him and his. Uh, fellow astronaut in space where they're they lose radio contact for two minutes and right. it's all over the news because apparently everything that happens with astronauts while they're in space gets on the news that's a lie there's right. no way the news would have known anyway um when yeah, they get back they told them it's like the news like they were constantly broadcasting yeah nasa everything. would have to be like bringing in the reporters we lost contact for two minutes but right. there's like it's all over the news that they're like they lost contact for two minutes they wouldn't even have the information two minutes later. Right. They would have already yeah. had that resolve or even, like, if it was only two minutes, they would have had contact again. Right, right. But they just wanted for her to be able to look at the TV and see that see, her husband yeah. they lost contact. Before they yeah. could tell her. Yeah. Uh, anyway, whatever. So when the two astronauts get back, they are changed men. One of them dies. Um, because he's too old and his body couldn't handle it, even though he was only like two and a half years older than Johnny Depp in real life, I yeah. think. Um, so Johnny Depp survives. He moves Charlize Theron to New York City, where he progressively gets more and more evil. He impregnates her with twins. The twins are psych psychically connected to him. And uh, his plane. <laughs> yeah, he's building a plane. Uh, and then at the end... Charlize Theron kills him, but then whatever was possessing him possesses her. So uh, the twins are successfully born, and it ends with them as little baby... Uh, Toe-headed, blonde... Yeah, the same kids who... Oh, those same little boys who were in a lot of movies at the time. They were in, like... What was that Adam Sandler's... Adam Sandler... Daddy's Home? Or Big Daddy. Ba Big Daddy. That was only one kid. Yeah, but it played by twins. Oh, it was really? those kids. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah, and I think one of them still acts or something, but whatever. I didn't know that. Yeah, so unhappy ending all around. Um, and let's get into the real reason for this podcast, which is rating each of the movies in four different categories. Acting, visuals, structure, and entertainment value. We can give up to five points in each category. Whichever movie gets the most points at the end, we consider the better movie. Starting off with acting, what did you have to say about The Astronaut's Wife? The acting wasn't terrible yeah there was no one person that you were like woo nobody stood out as being great same with casting i don't think there's anything i thought johnny depp was maybe a little weird for the role especially because i had to make his hair blonde but he wasn't bad in it it just was kind of an interesting choice i agree so what'd you say i said two and a half you know 
I struggled. Because I struggled to really hurt it too badly on just this point. Same here. I started off two and a half. I deleted it and went two. So okay. I completely based on which of those elements, I agree with every. I mean, it's only everything half a you point just different. said. I don't think when when we're only half a point off, I, I don't think we can argue that's really yeah. a different score. So it's basically the same score. In the end, I did feel like Johnny Depp was miscast. Right. He Johnny Depp excels at playing over the top characters. Right. And this is a fairly reserved type, and they almost wanted him to be like. He, he wasn't, like, creepy and kind of imposing enough for what I think they were going for. Or whenever he tries to be, it's just so obvious that he's trying to be, right. that he's playing that yes, part. I mean, he doesn't have that so, kind of natural presence for, for that particular kind of vibe. Yeah, not for what they were trying to do. He needed to be a man who was trying to pretend to be the same as he was, but has been taken over by an otherworldly entity. And come across a little more dangerous. Yeah, and every time he came across as dangerous, it was just a little too over the top, right. a little too, but like... that's really the only problem I had with acting or casting, was his his particular casting. Nothing the else. The chemistry really... was not fantastic. No. The chemistry was average. Um, right, and that's an you know average what? score. Yeah, a big a, a big problem with this movie is just a general lack of characters. That's not the actor's fault. Right. But... What it means is that when there is a problem with the actors... It represents more of the Yeah, movie, exactly. Yeah. yeah, if if someone who is in 50% of your movie is wrong for the role, right. then it's got to lower your acting score. But he, so. at the same time, he mm. wasn't disastrously Oh, wrong. no, no, no. No, he it wasn't. Just was, it didn't... Yeah, it didn't really work. If this movie had been written better and, you know, characterized better and all that, I don't think anybody would have said, man, Johnny Depp really sucked right. And they tried movie. to make him like this southern guy, which... Oh, really that was... I uh, even wrote down... Because he had, like, blonde kind of curly hair yeah and she had like short hair in the yeah. beginning i said they both look like ryan Phillippe. yeah that was my favorite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they both really did yeah like, it's ryan Phillippe making out with himself yeah, yeah. as soon because the opening shot in this movie like is early the two like of uh, them, cruel it, intentions ryan Phillippe. yeah like yeah the opening shot of this movie is the two of them in bed right and so their heads are right next to each like other justin timberlake yeah. and ryan Phillippe. and, and i said i said ooh, his hair is longer than hers and right. then that's when eric said they both look like ryan philippi <laughs> and i think it had me laughing for I mean, like 30 is, seconds and i guess that brings us into visuals yeah because um this was a 90s movie and in one quest and one point he's on the uh the phone with her in the beginning of the movie and they're trying to be sexy and yeah. he's like what are you wearing and i was like he doesn't want to know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like some colorful weird frock yeah. thing that's like doesn't fit well like 90s yeah. fashion wasn't doing anybody any favors yeah honestly at the beginning of this movie it was setting up some some good ones for eric right. and i was almost hopeful i was like are we gonna be able to but keep this kind up of nothing yeah. really happened yeah but that movie. it didn't give it didn't give enough opportunities after in, that including visuals they for some reason they like to show uh, close-ups of her earrings multiple times they like zoomed in and yeah did weird earring close-ups well honestly it did it that with really, everything right but that was the one that i particularly noticed because they did it multiple times on just her earrings but it wasn't a, an element a plot element or anything there wasn't anything about her earrings it wasn't anything to do with her ears like it just they just did it that factors into my visual score because right. they just did that with a lot this movie was very much trying to be artsy fartsy with its visuals so it would and with, zoom... the, with the pacing and story yeah too, which, yeah but let's keep, yeah let's keep yeah, that in visuals the it didn't really work because it was that sort of thing. The visual itself wouldn't be dramatic or even interesting looking. Mm -hmm. They would just do some sort of kind of bizarre shot or linger on something a little bit longer than they should. Yeah. Things like that. And I remember there was one part, and this one I actually... slow-mo maybe. I could actually tell what they were trying to do. They were trying to build tension in a scene, and but there really wasn't that much going on in the scene. Right. It was um, the guy who played 
Miles Dyson in Terminator 2 mm-hmm. talking to Charlize Theron about how, you know, he could he knew something was wrong with her husband. Right. And he was trying to get her to believe that she wasn't crazy. There really was something wrong. But then he seemed crazy too. And it was him like confronting her in this public place. And the movie wanted it to be this big pivotal scene. And so it did the Michael Bay like... The one where she's like in the subway them. stairwell, like listening to them talk to Miles Dyson. No, no. I'm the scene I'm talking about is before that. Oh, when they're in like the toy store. They or were in a it toy was. store, and he stops her. She's trying to walk away from him. He stops right. her, and so it's like the camera is just swiveling around them. They're standing in the same place, talking and the director is store. like running around them with. The, I mean, obviously, I know that's not what's happening. It's like but a gimbal it's, or something. But. Yeah, it is, but it's just ridiculous because like this is just a conversation. You're trying to make it. It's like a cheap way to try and I mean they did that other things too like the music was really overbearing yeah like every they tried to be artsy but everything was cliched like yeah. they had to have a scene where a slow-mo glass drop and it breaks like come on you know what I mean like this is right I mean of course yes this was 20 years ago but still it's like these are not if you're going to be artsy at least do something unique don't yeah. just be yeah this is a movie that was made by somebody who didn't know how to make movies but who thought he knew how to make movies and it was the kind of movie it was written by the guy who directed it boilerplate versions or just cliched versions of everything yeah i mean it was a guy who saw rosemary's baby and devil's advocate quite frankly and then was like i'm gonna make my own version of that but mine's gonna be artier and then he didn't actually know how to do any of it he was i think a first time and last time director so i mean this guy really just he didn't have what it took to be a director. No. So what was your actual visual score? I said one and a half. Uh, I said one and a half And as mostly well. was because of the visuals were either cliched or completely just nothing. Yeah. There nothing, was nothing happened in this nothing movie. Nothing ha- Yeah. N- there was, this is, this segues well into structure, but there was a point, I think 15 or 20 minutes into the movie that I, I looked at Eric and, yeah, that I looked at Eric and said, this is the point where I realize that nothing's going to happen oh, in this yeah, movie yeah. ever. And like, then you don't even want to click pause because then it'll show you how much is left. I actually had to go to the bathroom <laughs> in this movie right. and I didn't because I was like, I don't even want to see how much is left. we've had some movies where we're like, let me take a break and get a drink, pause it and there's like 45 minutes left. And we're like, oh, <laughs> like I think it happened with like a Lone Ranger or something yeah we're like no <laughs> yeah. we just tomorrow well i mean that's what happened with ender's game yeah, was yeah. when we literally started doing chores because we paused it we needed thinking, a break we yeah. had to take like a half hour break well i think we initially paused it just thinking let's go to the bathroom and then we yeah. came back and saw there's like an we hour only 15 half... minutes left yeah or yeah so i was scared that that was going to happen with this one and this wasn't particularly long it was an hour and 50 minutes, which so, is too longer. long. Longer, especially for a movie like that. Yeah. It's a longish. Nowadays, that's about standard. For a, yeah. But especially back then, it's a little long anyway. And for a movie that had that little actually happening, it was way long. Right, right. And so, that goes to structure, too. Yeah, so pacing what was your structure was, score? I said one and a half again. I said one and a half as because well. Because there was pacing issues. The story, in and of itself, didn't have a lot going on. A lot of stuff didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Like, this, they were supposed to have been exposed to some sort of alien force that got in them. And it was causing... I basically had taken over Johnny Depp and wanted him to build some kind of plane that then he would (laughs) be piloted by these twins who would, like, talk to the plane for a reason they don't tell you. It's just a plane. It's like a super kind of good fighter jet, but it still needs pilots. And then the kids are supposed to... Like the he the Miles Dyson characters talking about it's like a computer and they converse with each other and the plane and then the kids finally get born at the end of the movie and they're two years old so they're gonna be using like a twenty 
five-year-old plane when they finally <laughs> become pilots. And like, what's going to happen with this plane until then? And, yeah. and say they get into the plane, they were perfectly made for, are they going to go into space and get more aliens? Or like, what happened? Like, it, so what? And no one cares. So all the tension in this movie is... Based on like, oh, he's going to hurt her or something. Is, is relying on you caring about... First of all, that he will hurt her. Well, that's Second it, because all, you don't yeah. care about anything else. Because, I mean, in the beginning, when you don't really know, you don't know what he's doing. So, oh, he could be mm-hmm. trying to take over the whole planet, infect yeah. everyone, who knows. But then they comes out that he's building this plane, but, like, everyone in the company knows he's building it. They know they have the schematics for the plane. They know It's not like, a particularly top-secret project or anything. Right, and it's just it, they don't give you any reason why it's bad. Yeah. Even if the, the alien kids end up piloting it, why is that bad? What are they going to do? And he never... He, the Johnny Depp, the alien, never actually really does anything bad besides hurt his wife and right. then Miles Dyson. He does kill Miles Dyson when... Um, when he figures out what's but going that's on, pretty far and he kills the, the wife's sister because right. you know the wife knows what's going on, so he doesn't start killing people until they until they start figuring out his plan and messing with it. Otherwise, he doesn't do anything else. So you're not like, okay, oh, these are really bad aliens. We don't want them anywhere near us. Like this is, it's just like a nothing threat that you, right. don't, you understand. don't understand. And so it just kind of kills the tension. Other than when you think, oh, he might hit her or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so there's a little bit of tension there as, as there could be with any sort of interpersonal conflict in a movie. Yeah. But it's not enough to carry the movie, especially no. not a two-hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> it is It is absolutely not enough to carry right. almost two hours. And, and um, then, then combined with just cliched dialogue and, and stuff that doesn't even really make... Like, that didn't make sense. And you have other situations where we already mentioned Johnny Depp not being particularly imposing in the role beyond any, any more imposing than, oh, this person might hurt me. But like when he's in arguing with Miles Dyson standing outside the subway, he's going to meet Charlie Theron. He gets there right so, before So Miles her. Dyson is going to right. meet Charlie Theron. Charlie Theron is like five minutes late, and when she walks up, she sees he's already talking to her husband. So she kind of hides, and he's like, "Oh, let's get out of it." And he basically like brow. He knows he doesn't want to go with him, but he still does. So like in public, I just why aren't they, in these movies? Why wouldn't somebody be like? No, I I don't feel like that it. I don't a, feel well. I'm not going to get coffee. Really, I'm sorry. That was a really frustrating. Because he doesn't scene force for me. him. He's just like, no, no, come on. And he's trying to be all jovial about it. Like they're trying to show you, like, oh, he's so good at just yeah. being a normal human. But all he does is really be like, no, no, it's okay. Let's go get coffee. Yeah, the Miles Dyson character should have just been like, I was on my way back to my yeah. Hotel, I don't. I don't feel I well. Don't feel I don't. Good. I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. I, maybe later. Yeah, but and it's then a, when the guy's like, no, let's go. I'll be like, I'm telling you. I can't do it. Now. Right. But it's instead <laughs> it's a five minute scene of being of an annoying Johnny Depp browbeating this guy and into the only getting the reason with he, him. you would go in a situation like that is because you're starting to feel awkward. Yeah. Socially. But this guy knows he's a fucking alien or yeah. something. Why would he just be like I mean, maybe he's supposed to not want Johnny Depp to know that he knows, but even still, like well, I if mean, he, he does an equally know, bad job right. of it. Yeah, so, so right, he yeah. already was being weird. So it's better to just not be like, "No, I'm good. I want to. I was here to check the sites. I'd rather do that. No offense." Right. You know what I mean? What are you gonna? <laughs> so yeah. dumb. So all it was just contrived. Doesn't really make sense. So, yeah. yeah, I said one and a half for structure. Yeah, yeah, same here. As way, we... way too long. Um, the, yeah, dialogue was mostly not memorable. But the one thing that is memorable to me, this has the. Most unintentionally gross line of dialogue I think I've ever heard, which is, this. yeah, Charlize Theron is pregnant with twins. And there's a point where she's still happy. It's fairly early in the she movie. She doesn't know it's an alien baby. She yet. doesn't know they're alien babies. She just knows that she's pregnant. You know, things are going okay with her and her husband. She's dancing around the house because she's feeling good. He comes home. 
it's supposed to be kind of the sweet scene where the two of them are like, she's dancing and he's kissing on her and they're about to have sex. And she's oh, like, yeah, I remember what you're saying. Can you handle the three of us? And I they, just, she has twins. Yeah. And I just was like, Ew, Ew. Yeah. he's gonna fuck her and the baby. Yeah, I know. That's what it sounds so like. like. It's like, gross. Don't be mad into this. Yeah. Like, I, I, if I was her, the actress, I would have said, you need to That's take, I will not line. say that yeah. line. Yeah. So anyway, like I you're not having I'll... a foursome with two yeah. unborn babies. Yeah, two gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gross. No, I don't like that. Also, there. Oh, this was the last setup that the movie kind of gave I us. I have this one too. Yeah, because they were wanna... talking about, and as this goes, rules in entertainment. Yeah. Which I gave it a one. Yeah. Because I was so bored. Yeah. The um, they were talking about the other pilot who had been the other astronaut who had been affected. At the same time, he ended up dying in the movie from mm-hmm. some kind of stroke. And they said he died of a severe insult to the brain. And I was like, this movie is a severe insult to my brain. Actually, we both said it simultaneously. Well, because it was the second time they'd said They said it early on in the movie. Yeah. And we just kind of chuckled because it's a weird term. <laughs> yeah. Even if it is, you know, medically proper. It's just a stupid a, term I've never for heard it. that before. He had a stroke. Yeah. Right. And then they say, it struck me as like they're flipping through manuals, trying to find something medical mm-hmm. term. And they're yeah. like, ooh, ooh, this sounds good. Instead yeah. of saying like... Yeah, his brain fucked up. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going to put something medical in there. So the first time, it just kind of sounded funny. And then by the second time, it was far enough into the the movie that we yeah. were like, this movie's a fucking severe. <laughs> yeah. And we almost said it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I think we were both going to say it during the podcast, but we didn't think they were going to actually give us a chance to say it during the movie. Right. So we were all like hyped up. We're like, this movie's a severe insult to my brain. <laughs> so you said one, correct? Yeah. I said a half. This movie goes... This movie. I mean, it's ranks... one of those. It's cheesy, but for the first third, there's a chance that they might do something interesting, just because you don't know. Yeah. And not knowing is gives you some sort of kind of curiosity about what's going to happen. And if it wasn't even for that, I would say 0.5. But it's it's just. So I had seen this movie before. I didn't remember yeah, that anything would kill about it. it. I, guess, but... I didn't remember anything about it, but I think I remembered that there was nothing to remember so going through it i was like man i really don't think this gets any better and i had the feeling with this movie that i've only had a couple times before which is as it was going on when i come across a really boring movie i always think if someone gave me the choice between my regular full you know full-time job a life of work or or watching this movie every single day without a break (laughs) like would I be able to do that? And Just this for two is two hours a day. And this was one of those movies same. that I was like, I don't think I would be able to do that. No, it'd be you know? too torturous. Yeah, yeah. So this goes in the pantheon of some of our most boring movies up there with, you know, not quite Tommyknockers level, but yeah, not you know, even King Ender's Arthur, game, but stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But we it's... just realized early on that this is not going to be an entertaining movie. Yeah, and just kind of slogging through it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of was like that. You know, the Clive Owen King Arthur or the Lone Ranger or well, the Lone Ranger was sort Lone of Ranger interestingly at least weird. Had stuff going on. It had action scenes. This didn't even have action scenes. Yeah. So run through your scores. I said two and a half, one and a half, one and a half, one. For a total six of and a three, half. four, six and a half, yeah. And I said two, one and a half, one and a half, point five for five and a half. So one of the rare Tony gives it a lower score yeah. than Eric. But I really, you know, this movie didn't anger me, but it's almost worse when there's no reaction to it. That you're just right. like, well, you're resigned to the next two hours of your life being completely wasted anyway moving on to the devil's advocate much more famous movie yeah uh you want to guess the rotten tomatoes on this one 
Huh. I'd say it's over 50. 66. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I knew it was generally well-received and well-regarded. Yeah. Yeah. This didn't... I don't think this is a movie that's regarded as either like notoriously bad or notoriously right. good. 66% is about perfect for it in yeah, all honesty so it's kind of it's like interesting to see i'm interested to see what you score on some of these uh yeah i, I struggled, I struggled with, a little bit i too. struggled with this one too so um the quick synopsis what's the synopsis on this one well, so he's, he's a keanu reeves is married to charlie's well, yeah, they're living gainesville florida latchua county oh my god and uh he's doing really well as a lawyer there and he when some case is supposed to be very difficult, they, they identify that he's really good at specifically at jury selection. So he gets a call from this big firm in New York and they want to come have him select a jury for just one particular trial, but they'll pay him a lot. So they go up there for that. It works. The, the, he wins another hard, or his jury wins another hard case. So then he gets a, a job offer for the big firm there and ends up moving there. And slowly his wife goes crazy as they realize that his boss is evil and actually this the devil. Yeah. Who wants him to have an antichrist baby with his sister. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good good synopsis. So, all right. What did you say for acting? Acting and casting, I don't... Again, it was... I'd say most of the people in this were did an above jo- above average job as acting. I didn't have any issues with casting, I don't think. Um, so I said three and a half. I started off with a three, and I bumped it down to a two and a half. Okay. And I wasn't sure how I felt about that. Because I couldn't... I, like, if you say... Like, I can't identify anyone who was... There wasn't a ton of chemistry between him and Charlize Theron, but it wasn't bad. So I actually think that the actors in the main roles could have been switched. I actually think Johnny Depp would have been better in In this this kind of role. Because this role, Keanu Reeves wasn't terrible. And I liked him in the role. I always liked Keanu Reeves. I think that's the thing. I just always liked Keanu Reeves, so I'm happy to see him show up. It's not that he was particularly good for the role. And in fact, this role was a fairly animated role and that's not his strength so the way that johnny depp yeah, like is courtroom, good like, at being over the top yeah. yeah and uh keanu reese first of all they saddled him and Charlize theron with these southern bell i do declare really mr beauregard thing it's like no. this is like georgia and yeah stuff. yeah the, the, the characters sounded like they were from georgia right which being having lived in gainesville for our entire adult lives right. listen to us talk do we sound like we right. are fanning ourselves I mean, with lemonade people, on right. the front porch? There like, are people that live in Stark and you know Trenton and stuff that have southern accents, but it's not it the same. It doesn't sound type. like that. It's actually more of a boomhauer accent, like a redneck. Like it's a t- it's, it's not a, a rougher. southern belle. Yeah, it's a yeah. Red, more rednecky type. Not Florida is not mostly southern pe- accents. Like no. most, they always people, say in Florida you have to go north to get to the deep south. Yeah, yeah. Like most people in Florida, they talk like us. They just kind of have average American and accents. And he said he was. Yeah. They don't say where he was. Born. I guess he was supposed to have been born and raised in the area. He was. He was supposed to have been born and raised in Gainesville. Right. But they, like his, um, he lived in Jacksonville. And like, these aren't like Southern. I mean, geographically, yes. Obviously, Florida is Southern. But yeah. they're not typical Southern cities. Like right. Jacksonville, Gainesville. No. These yeah. are not like Alabama, like, uh, you know, Alabama and Georgia and stuff like that. Yeah. It'd be like saying Atlanta, you know, as being, it's just not. A, it would be like mean? saying... You know, like New Orleans people don't have Southern accents. No, they have you know? a New Orleans accent. Yeah, yeah. Well, if they're Creoles, the right. Creole, they have New Orleans accent. But like the non-Creole people right. in New Orleans don't have a Southern accent. So it's like right. that in most of Florida. So it's, uh, but even, uh, whatever. So that was bothersome to people who know the area really right. well. And there's also a few funny things. Like they were talking about 
he wanted to move there so they could afford a kid. And they were talking about how he had been a undefeated DA in Jacksonville for five years. Yeah. Now is an undefeated criminal defense attorney. And I'm like, you're in fucking Gainesville, Florida. You, he's making at least well in the six figures. Yeah. You can't raise a kid there. My yeah. house in Gainesville cost $110,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like a nice house, but give me a break. Yeah. You can afford this. Everyone there has kids. None of them are yeah. <laughs> making that kind of oh, money. Oh, there was usually. another point that they were like, oh, I bet being raised by a single mothers, it's tough everywhere, but even tougher in a place like Gainesville. Well, they were referencing the, the it being the deep by, south. Yeah, deep south. And I'm just like, oh, please. Yeah, Everyone yeah. in Gainesville is a single mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> Most of my friends are single moms. Yeah. Like, it's, everyone's fine. It's yeah, okay. It's... And the single moms all have decent jobs and are taking care of their kids just fine. Right. But, I mean, stuff like that, that's not acting. The reason no. I mentioned this in the acting section is because it brought down Keanu Reeves' performance. And his voice is so distinctive and it's so, like, surfer right. dude guy. So when he's saddled with this, like, Civil War general accent. <laughs> right, like Colonel uh, Sanders. Yeah, I was going to say Colonel Sanders. Like, he looks like he should have, like, a Colonel Sanders wig on. And, like, I do declare. Like, right. and, and, like, yelling in these courtroom scenes. It does not fit his persona. Right. It's like out of the Dukes of Hazard or something. Yeah, yeah. It actually, Johnny Depp would have been better in this role. Probably. But so, I mean, still, I, my score, two and a half, is basic, or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, three and a half, is yeah. basically um, one point above average. And I think that's yeah. the only knock I could make. I think Al Pacino, I think, did an above average job. So Al, pa- Al Pacino, I struggled with that one because um, he was massively over the top. And that's fine. But he's I mean, literally you playing that, Satan. Yeah, too. you expect that from an Al Pacino performance. Right. And he is playing the devil, but. I found it annoying at parts. Like, I could tell that you were enjoying it. Like, there were yeah. some things he said, and you just laughed because of the way that he said <laughs> it. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then there were other things that he'd do his yelling thing, and I was just like, oh, my God, stop, you know. Um, so I kind of, I don't know. And I mentioned at one point that uh, he looked like his teeth were fake, and right. as the movie progressed, I was like, it's to protect his real teeth from all the fucking scenery in his mouth. Like, it's He's just... chopping on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's... But to be fair, without that performance, this movie doesn't would have a lot. fairly dull, yeah. Yeah. And I would say Charlize Theron did a better job in this than she did. Yeah, I mean, she, she's never she bad. She's a very convincing job of someone yeah. who's like doesn't want to think she's crazy but is struggling with crazy shit Eric happening. was Eric was having difficulty dealing with her character. Like yeah, it was really it was like, really getting on like your real nerves. Real life dealing yeah. with people who have like legit mental illness. I just am like, well, you I can't I can only deal with someone logically. So when there's someone who's literally crazy and I don't mean that in like just like like schizophrenic like actually schizophrenic or something I wouldn't yeah. know what to do with that yeah so Eric like was watching pro- Eric was like squirming on the couch every time she yeah. I'm like, I, I could, literally couldn't deal with this I would just have to you know what I'm gonna bump mine up to a three which is what I did originally give it yeah. I kind of bumped it down when I thought about the whole all, Johnny even Depp even the tertiary characters yeah. are the side characters are good the side like characters that. are very good right. actually I mean Jeffrey Jones is a fucking pervert, but he's always yeah, a, a solid supporting too. actor. Right. People and all like the little Connie Nielsen and stuff like they've got. She, this was apparently her first major role. It, yeah, it was her first U.S. role. I think, right. Yeah. But she went on to do plenty of stuff. She's fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm fine. Fair enough. I think I underscored it just because I overthought it a little bit. But yeah. I'm gonna bump mine up to a three, and I respect your. You were three and a half. I was just more annoyed by Al Pacino right. than you were. So moving on to visuals. Which this one I struggled those? with because yeah. certain things like it was also ragingly, even, I mean, it's 97, so it's 
pretty 90s. That is pretty damn 90s. Which I'm surprised looking back that Astronaut's Wife was 99 because like with her hair, it looks more. It 90s. looks way like 95. It does, and yeah. it's got fucking Clea Duvall in it. Like right. you know, she's not in anything after the year right. 2000. Right, and the, the dresses so. they're wearing look like a straight up like a Seinfeld episode yeah. and stuff. It's like this looked more 90s than Devil's Advocate, but Devil's Advocate still does look 90s. Yeah. And more so even the style is the dated type of like CG and stuff like that oh, that they yes, use, which yes. isn't really even bad for what they're doing with it, but it just looks dated. It slaps you in the face right. when it happens. This is a it movie that is mostly mostly a real life. Honestly, you know, what they could have done almost without the CG. Completely. And I think I, it would yeah. have been better. It actually detracted because yes. like now it detracted. Maybe back then it probably was fine. Yeah. Because it didn't look dated, it didn't look cheesy. Mm-hmm. But now it does, which actually detracts Specifically, from it. Specifically, uh, Charlize Theron, when she starts to think she's going crazy, and because she sees faces. monster faces on right. people. And they look fucking terrible. Right. So, yeah, I think you're right. In the 90s, you know, that kind of stuff, it looked okay. And 90s stuff was, it was over limited. the top. They didn't but, yeah. have, right, but it did feel very 90s. So. But, yeah, but and, these days it would do better as purely psychological. Exactly. Like, yeah. And um, beyond that, there weren't a whole lot of dramatic visuals. It there, wasn't a visual movie for the most part. There, at the very end, when um, when Al Pacino is, you know, he has admitted to Keanu Reeves that he's the devil and he's his father, right. and he has this plan to make the Antichrist. Then Keanu CG Reeves and flames and there, stuff. Then that looked terrible, and not just terrible, but laughable because not right. not. I mean, the flames were just nineties, whatever. Just flames, yeah. But there was in the background this artwork. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Al Pacino's room is supposed to have these sculptures in the wall behind him. And as he's talking, the sculptures start like moving and but fucking. But it's just a guy like covered yeah. in paint. Like it's literally, they zoom in and it's literally like the human statue. And yeah. they kind of just looks at you and you can tell they're painted white. Yeah. And when, and, kind of and, and they're moving. like, they're doing all this like supposedly erotic like stuff in the background. And when Keanu Reeves uh, ends up refusing to sleep with his sister and shoots himself in the head so that the devil can't get to him. Right. The, the look on the statues, quote-unquote statues. Yeah, it's a gasp. <laughs> really, I mean, it cracked me up. It was very laughable. You actually laughed, And yeah. that would have still looked bad in the 90s, too. Right. So that, I will say that the... Yeah, that looked goofy because it wasn't about special effects. It was yeah. just goofy. The visuals that did, did stick with me are like... When she's in the church, she's totally snapped, and all of a sudden she stands up naked and is all cut up. You're like, well, and it's not like arousing, you know, because she's all fucked up, and yeah. like, and you're just like, oh shit. That like, was one of the things I remembered from and that. Childhood. And when she like cuts her neck open with the that glass, good. like it yeah. looks good. That was a good spe- physical special effect, yeah. and it's jarring. Yeah, like he's trying to break in all of a sudden she stabs her own neck and just rips it open. Yeah, you're like, oh shit. Those were the two, and they're both to do with Charlize Theron, right. and I think that was why she's the thing that stood out in my mind from this movie as a kid. Um, so you're right. Those are extremely effective visuals. Right. The rest of the movie looks pretty. So did I tell nothing. you what I gave it yet? I said two. I said two as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's overall I think if you pretty said weak two, on visuals, yeah. but not not bad. Mm-hmm. Like mostly, it's just not much visually. There's a right. couple really dramatic ones, a few cheesy ones, but yeah. overall, just not much going on visually. Yeah. Yeah. I if it didn't look so dated. It probably could have right. bumped up to a three, right? Like, or if they had done a little bit more of that stuff, but realistically, not like the monster faces, but maybe a no. little bit. You know, this is going into structure, but it has to do with visuals. But what I'm about to say, anyway, Al Pacino's character, the devil, needed to do more devilish things throughout. Right this until movie. the very end of the movie, where he says, "I'm the devil." He's just like a 
kind of pervy lawyer. Yeah. Like, he doesn't do it. Right. I mean, so, he, it won't, you see him, like, do things, like, he says things about stuff that he wouldn't know about, but he doesn't do anything, like, evil or yeah. even criminal, really. The he, very first he just, like, devilish thing that he does, I didn't time it, but it was probably 50 minutes into the movie. And he does it to a character who's about to attack him on the subway. So, really... And he yeah, doesn't even do so, anything to him. He just tells like, him about, like, something that's actually happening. Or I couldn't tell if it was really supposed to be happening or if he made it up. It doesn't matter. He makes it, it's, this it's guy a, on the subway. He's a guy he knew about his sheets and everything. Yeah, this this guy on the subway wants to attack Al Pacino because he's looking at him too much. So obviously that character sucks. And right. Al Pacino starts to tell him about how his wife's fucking the neighbor. And so and he gives details about like the way his room looks, so the guy believes him, and the guy leaves to go home and catch him. Yeah. But I mean, think of if he was lying, and the guy gets home, it's not true. That, then that's not that devilish. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't lying, then all he really did was show superhuman knowledge of what's going on in the world. Right. He and, didn't really do anything particularly evil. And it was self-defense. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the guy was about to attack him. <laughs> yeah. So that was the first bad thing he did, and everything else he did was just like it, it really just wasn't that much. They yeah. needed to make this character have. Almost like an impish, not impish, because that's, I mean, that's a little too lighthearted. But he needed to Devilish, do, for lack of a better word. He should word. <laughs> have done evil things to people for fun. Right. Who didn't deserve well, it. Well, I mean, that may have been part of the movie that they were going for, is like, that it wasn't necessarily yeah. anti-devil, you know? It's just saying, like, what if it is, this is just what the devil does kind of thing? Yeah, He's yeah. He just kind of masters the human domain ruthlessly without any yeah i I guess i I would have thought it was more interesting if he would have been doing more devilish things throughout the movie and it would have given us more to look at more gore more sex because of that something yeah yeah Yeah, but instead most of the movie you're just watching like a fucking like a lawyer movie john grisham novel or something yeah which affected me because you don't really it's, there's not really like a murder mystery at the center, but the no. big case that Keanu Reeves gets given um, is a guy who is accused of murdering his stepwife, stepson, and Step maid. Wife. Sorry, <laughs> his, his wife. <laughs> his ex-wife. Yeah. Or wife. No, his current yeah, wife. His, his wife, wife, stepson, and maid. And they kind of spent a lot of time on, you know, Keanu Reeves being involved in this case to the point that I was like, I could have just watched a murder mystery about like I, I don't know I, like I would have yeah. liked to know the sort of outcome of what had happened in that case but that wasn't what the movie was about so it didn't give me that instead I was stuck with this well they tell you, know, you what happened he gets acquitted yeah but I don't know why he killed them or anything oh yeah you know, he's I don't supposed know. to have like reacted in some kind of rage for something yeah yeah well but... no they, they, they eventually comes out that he she figured out that he was cheating I guess his prenup said that if he cheats, she gets half instead of not getting anything, so then he killed her. But yeah, he wasn't but actually he cheating. He wasn't actually well, cheating. Well, not at the time. Okay. He was cheating with her, but just not when the murder took place. No, no. The woman that said she was cheating... Oh, you're right. He did. So it must have been had someone never, else. Yeah. Because... Yeah. So I don't know. So anyway. Really, yeah, who knows. So, so give your structure score and then talk about structure. I said two and a half. I said two. Because for me, the bit, which is pretty close, yeah. the biggest problem was pacing. Yeah. And like you said, not really. There's a few things that don't, that, that take away the, the main tension in this movie was Charlize Theron going crazy and trying to figure out that something's creepy going on, but you don't really know what. There's a little bit of tension added with, oh, maybe something. Because you don't find out that he's, you, you know there's something weird about Al Pacino, but you don't find out that he's actually the devil until maybe the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie. So, and... Um, Keanu Reeves is never really at risk for anything in the movie other than 
his life kind of falling apart due to his wife going crazy. Yeah. And even in the very end, when he sort of gives him the ultimatum, <laughs> well, he tells him it comes down to choice. So even then, he didn't have to kill him. So what if he just said no? Yeah. He's like, I can't force... The devil character literally says, I can't force you. It's free mm-hmm. will. It's a bitch. Yeah. So what if he just like, no thanks. Yeah. And left. Right. I mean, you I know? assume that he, he... Whatever. And then at the end, he, when he, kill, does, he, he kills himself. Kill himself so it gets he, reset. So he right. just goes back to the beginning. But you don't and, know that's going to happen. That's yeah. very... But the point being, there's, there's not a lot of conflict going on. And the conflict that does exist... Most of it you don't know about it for the majority of the movie. Mm-hmm. It takes a kind of a while. I think pacing is a big problem in this. So I would go a step further and say that I think there's a fundamental problem with this movie. I don't. I guess you're not going to agree, but um, you know from the title that Al Pacino is the devil, and so you go into this movie. True. Right. You go into this movie expecting a devil. I mean, and if you really knew nothing the about the movie and it just says the devil's advocate, you might be like, okay, it's about some creepy lawyer. But then you start to like when he does the almost supernatural, you're like, okay, I guess he's actually the devil, and that happens pretty early. Yeah. But the characters and everything, nothing happens until much later. So you're kind of in this limbo for most of the movie of, okay, we get it, he's a demon or something. Yeah. But what and is why is what's going to happen because of that? What is he trying to do? I think if this movie wasn't literally called The Devil's Advocate, you'd be confused fused through most of it as to like probably what the hell like is going on with this character yeah and, yeah. and, and, and he it, actually never officially says on the devil he never comes out and says it he just was like i have so many names you right, know it's yeah. like so it it's just kind of i don't know i it's it's a weird like you're just sort of it's an idea and then they stretched it into a yeah. two-hour movie with, by adding courtroom scenes right so my know, second which, yeah my second problem with this movie is that uh, your two main characters that you're supposed to get the tension from caring about what happens to them are pretty bad people. Like, and it's set up at the beginning right, that, that they're not really... Right, he decides to go through with yeah. this, defending this guy who he realizes actually did, like, rape this kid or molest this kid. Yeah, and, you know, Charlie's there... I mean, that, that's there the idea that... is that he's sold his soul, so to speak, but... When but then Charlie so Theron as the wife is totally on board with it, you know. She, well, she didn't know for a fact that he was guilty like he did, but she didn't yeah. seem to care. She doesn't care. Yeah. I think she was supposed to know. She even said the guy was, uh, because at one point when he realizes he won the case, yeah. he plays a little joke on Charlie's Theron and acts like he didn't win it. And she was for like. the second case with the real estate developer? No, no, no. For the child molester okay. from the beginning. There was a point. It was like right when they moved to New York. And he is telling Charlize Theron, but he's joking. He's faking it. He's like, oh, basically, I didn't win the case. And she's consoling oh, no, him. That was the second case. That was the oh. one that he picked the jury for. Because you said they moved to New York. They moved to New York after he picked the jury and he was like, they liberated for 38 minutes. That was the banker one that you're thinking of. Are you sure that wasn't the Gainesville case? No, the Gainesville case, he didn't even know he was going to New York yet. They were celebrating it after. And he was like, 38 minutes. And she's like, oh, you can't win them all. And he's like, 38 minutes, my jury quiddle or something she's like what that was when they were in new york i could have sworn they were talking about gainesville that was the banker because he didn't know the outcome of the gainesville case when he moved to new york right no he did that's why they were in the bar celebrating when the black guy gave him the because they were celebrating his his streak had remained alive okay he was undefeated still the jury quit, and that's why they were pouring all the shots. Okay. one of them was crooked remember we saw that okay yeah yeah (laughs) okay they cheated she did outwardly say though about the bank but that was a banker yeah. financial crimes i mean yeah i get your she point she did outwardly say the guy the... was obviously guilty you can't win them all you right know? so but that was with a banking crimes not a yeah. child molester okay 
point stands, but it's not quite as bad. Yeah. But, I mean, she's not a real no, sympathetic was, character was, either. Right. And, I mean, the only reason she's sympathetic is from a human perspective of if you would be going crazy, you know, and, right. and, and no one believes you kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I felt like she was... Her character in The Astronaut's Wife was a lot more sympathetic because she got dragged along unwillingly right. to New York. Well, in this one, she was... Totally on like, board Let's with go. It. No, I want to. It's yeah. fine. It's great. Right. Right. So you don't really... That aspect of it of, oh, now I'm stuck here and bored. You don't give a shit. Because you're like, well, you wanted this, you know, this life. Yeah, at one point it showed her, like, on the verge of a nervous breakdown about painting her walls. Like picking the wall. And you're like, oh, you poor baby. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, Oh, my God. Oh. I so, feel so sorry for you. Yeah, so I had trouble connecting with the characters. It was I mean, you, definitely you too long. I a lot, though. If this character isn't sympathetic to you, you really can't get into that. I movie. do. That's one of my that's one of my main sticking yeah. points is I, I will I've forgive. that, like, if, if I don't need to... Like, I'll watch movies because the characters are complete fuck-ups, like these weird dramas and stuff. I don't think that you would be able to enjoy them No, I have to... They can be fuck-ups, but they have to be fuck-ups in a way that I can relate to, or and at still least... still sympathize yeah, with. Yeah, not relate to, yeah, but sympathize with. Right. But, yeah, when, when you set up that they're both kind of bad people at the beginning, I'm like, okay, whatever. Right, I mean, that's central yeah. to the theme of the movie. There's, like, he sold his soul. Yeah, yeah. So to and speak. then the other problem is, I think, this movie has no rewatch value. I was going to say the exact same thing, because I was like, I... I always almost put one and a half as entertainment. Yeah. And I was like, I only think I said that because it was my second time watching it. I think yes. I would have put two. I put I went ahead and put two. You put two. Because I think that was my true would have been my true rating if it was the first time. But I almost put one because it was a lot more boring knowing what happened. Knowing right. for sure that he's a devil, knowing exactly what happens, mm-hmm. knowing it was really boring. Yeah, no, I had the I went through the same exact. I mean, honestly process. for me the the legal scenes were the most interesting part because I'm into that st- I like those yeah like the legal oh you were you, he was, Eric was making me rewind it to see what exactly the lawyer said oh that was the other thing I forgot I forgot going into this one of my hang-ups especially when I was younger it's not so much these days because this was more of an 80s and 90s thing I fucking hate court scenes <laughs> I hate them I hate them like I hate see, westerns I like, like cross-examination yeah. and stuff like I that I hate them like I hate westerns and like I hate imposter stuff yeah. I hate court scenes and this movie and there were two at least probably three this really it really only had one major court scene and with it was the, the very beginning it was the opening and well, it was a well one, done scene they had the one with the real estate developer too with the real estate developer the murderer is that what that guy was he, yeah. the murderer I didn't even know what he was you were paying attention to a lot um, of this stuff that wasn't as dramatic as a, of a scene with the with the woman that was yeah, supposedly sleeping with him he was supposed to be like a Donald Trump type character in New York they even used Donald Trump's office they did, in yeah. the, I know I recognized it because <laughs> yeah. it's like so I got all gold and everything I was like, this looks like they filmed this in Donald Trump's there, place. There were a lot of treats in this movie for Eric. <laughs> so, <laughs> that really didn't translate as much to me. But I forgot I forgot how much I hated court scenes. Because honestly, that's not a very modern thing. You think of think of major movies after 2000 that center on court scenes. Yeah, I mean, there was one recently with um Iron Man in it about court stuff, and I never watched it to see if there were actual court scenes. Oh, he that was, was like a terrible a, movie. Though. But was he yeah. was he in court for for the movie? I don't know. I think that was a comedy, right? Where it's like no, him it was and like Robert a dramedy Duvall? where it's like a not coming of age, obviously, but it was like a relationship with his father, like a. I think that was a comedy with Robert Duvall and. Well, um, I think it's a drama comedy. And what the hell is his name? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh no, that was a but well. Anyways, maybe yeah. that had court scenes in it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It was a lot more like you know my cousin Vinny type stuff back in the day. You had the practice, Philadelphia. And, yeah, the practice know, yeah. and all these other shows that have court stuff. Yes, yeah, so it's a super '90s thing. And I remember when I was a kid, I would actively avoid. I think movies the world is saturated scenes. with Lord, which is actually funny. They made a comment. This in was the a Devil's, prescient comment. The yeah. Devil's Advocate, where he was like. That he was like, why the like he's you're the devil? Why are you getting into law? And he's like, because law's in everything. Like you can you know this has some connection to every vice, every human activity. And he even is like, there's more lawyers in law school now than there are lawyers walking the face of the earth. Like it's a good thing. But it come to find out, you know, within these pat, all the people who are my age who went to law school or especially slightly younger mm-hmm. can't get jobs. Yeah, yeah. It was there's funny. Too many this, lawyers. You're right. This movie said that, and then we were like, oh, but then it turned it around and made it like it was a good thing. It right. said, oh, lawyers are gonna take over the world when in reality all they did was saturate the market right like, oversaturate, and, now, and now yeah yeah so that was that was pretty funny that must have been a true fact at the time so yeah unfortunately i am i just really dislike court scenes even though it was a well done so what did you put for structure i two? said one and a half. Oh, one and oh, wait, a half. wait no structure, structure i said two and i said two and a half so not that yeah. far off all right so run through your scores do we do entertainment yet we didn't so you said two. Oh, that's for what I did say right? too. We, we kind of mixed entertainment yeah, I said one and, and a half, structure. Two. I couldn't decide. I, and like I said, it was. So, anyways, my scores are three and a half, two, two and a half, two, ten, I guess. Yeah, and I said three, two, two, one and a half for a total of eight and a half. And we both picked up on the same this thing. Different. This movie has no rewatch value. That's the main I problem. Well I, done, like well done in a lot of ways, but pacing's off. Story overall interesting but a little weak you know well once you know how it's going to end it's not interesting right. it's not an interesting movie to watch for its own sake the premise if, as, as it is you know you're like well if this yeah. then this kind of thing like why would this be the way it is yeah so i mean it's significantly handily easily better than the astronaut's not, life yeah, no question and it is i would actually put it's, it it's a good movie i was gonna say i would put it as one of the better movies that we've watched and i think the scores reflect that yeah yeah i mean eight and a half for me, that's a little bit low. Maybe the highest I'm, score I've given anything other than like Starship Troopers or something. No, no, no. You gave Waxwork a ten and a half, Ooh, actually. Yeah. Well, that was much um, more entertaining. <laughs> you actually gave the Three Musk. Uh, no, no, sorry, sorry. Um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, a twelve. Oh, that's a good movie. And uh, you did give the Three Musketeers a pretty decent score. The one, the really, yeah, the one with Charlie Sheen. You gave it a nine. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was a, Sheen, that guess. was a significantly better movie than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think you gave Beastmaster pretty high. That's so yeah. this is still in the top third, I would say, right. for both of us. I had to score it a little bit lower because I just personally Certain don't like courts. elements of it that you yeah. don't like, yeah. Al Pacino annoyed me a little bit too much. The court scenes bothered me. Couldn't connect with the characters. Um, but overall, an eight and a half, you know. Cool. Uh, so it not was even not... close competition between these two. No, no, the astronaut's wife. That's still, like I said, that's going to be one of my long-term go-tos for if I had to watch this movie or have a real job. I think <laughs> I, I think I'd have to choose the real job. Yeah. Like two hours of just like overbearing music and oh, fake the, tenseness. The music Tension. was the music tenseness. was like a soap opera. It was, like, da, 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 da. it was like the thing it reminds me of is. In the very end of Basic Instinct. Oh, I've actually never seen Basic she, Instinct. He's, they're like on the bed. I don't even know if it's the very end, but they're on the bed and it's like panning over slowly, like with this really overbearing music while she like reaches for what you assume is the ice pick. And I don't remember if she grabs something else or decides not to use it and puts it back. But it's like this really slow pan, like dun, 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 showing her hand. 
And it's just so overbearing. I'm like, come on, Verhoeven, you knew better than this. <laughs> I, um, to me, so it's it like actually... like they were cribbing off that, the whole movie with everything. It reminded me a lot of the Twin Peaks music. And I only know that because I recently tried to go back and watch Twin Peaks. Um, well, that had Kyle MacLachlan, who was in Showgirls, who she was almost in <laughs> instead of that... You know what? That's the type of bullshit that IMDb puts in its trivia <laughs> yeah, exactly, section. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, this is one of four movies that Kyle MacLachlan saw in theaters right. after he went to the Oscars that year. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is not a connection. That's not a trivia. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. And then they'll list 17 actors that were quote unquote in uh, consi- under consideration right, for, for the role. role. You're like, that's just every actor that's this guy's age. Right. <laughs> and his general level of... Uh, general vibe and look or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So just because... It, just because you thought that they could have done the role doesn't mean they were under consideration. Yeah, IMDb trivia is pretty it's pretty garbage. I yeah. I do quote it sometimes in this It's the equivalent it, of like the shit they make them say in Jeopardy before they <laughs> when they announce themselves like and you one time made a whole of vest out of your own cat's hair. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, Yes, actually I did and some like fat lady like yeah. God Yeah, and it, and you uh tried to make a motion in your college senior class right. to have a national high five day right. or something. Yeah. yeah, you're just like that's You've not been on the boards of three homeowner associations <laughs> yeah. in the same uh, oh city. God. Like, yes, actually. And it's like, God, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what the IMDb trivia is like. Every once in a while, you get something kind of interesting in there, but most of it, you have to wade I through that get shit. Get some, some real trivia, like the guy who punched a kangaroo. That's what I want to hear about. On <laughs> <laughs> or like Woody Harrelson's dad was a hitman for the mob. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> that's some fucking trivia. Right. But uh, or like interesting trivia, like. The, the Halloween mask was a William Shatner mask painted yeah. white. That's interesting. Right, right. But all this other random shit. Is but <laughs> not just Halloween fell on a Tuesday that year. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> that happens pretty often. Right. <laughs> Cosmically Every seven speaking, years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That has nothing to do with anything. But all right. Well, I think that is gonna do it for us this week. If you want to get in contact with us, faintpraisepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at me. Send movies. Send <laughs> send moods. Uh, send moods. Send uh, Amazon Prime video credits. Yeah. <laughs> That's when we have to rent these. Yeah, I mean, now that MoviePass is dying, we have to actually yeah. watch movies at home again. Um, but yeah, or if you want to try to help me get more active on Twitter, you can tweet me at FaintPraiseTJ. Uh, otherwise, thank you for listening, and hopefully you will join us next time. Peace.